I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hey, my raspy voice is kind of back. I told you to be careful with your voice. You did. You get, I didn't listen to you. But this time I wasn't screaming and yelling at the patriarchy or anything like that. This time I was having a great time at Burning Man. Yeah. And it's dusty. We had like at least two to three good whiteouts. Uh, and and you rolled in late, not because she intended to. She le- she tried to leave yesterday, which is we're recording this on a Tuesday. She tried to leave on Monday. Monday. But the line was crazy. Anyone who's ever been to Burning Man, you might, maybe you know, or maybe you'd never experienced how uh, getting in and out can be uh, quite hellish. It, but although you can make it really fun. So this line was about eight hours of fun. And that wasn't even the dusty part, but we made a lot of friends in line getting out. Getting in was easy, but yeah, full on like wide out dust storms, putting on masks and goggles and walking around and uh, perform doing weird per- performances with my partner. Uh, one day we dressed as ninety-year-olds uh, who um, had been together for seventy years, named Merrill or Merle. I still don't know his name. And Ethel. We had seven kids, all made on tequila, and then they had seven kids made on tequila, and we were lost at Burning Man. We needed help, but the help was just usually people giving it's us cocktails. A performance artist thing. If anyone's confused out there, like, <laughs> what the fuck is she talking about? She just came off of Burning Man. She's yeah. decompressing, and it's all just acting and fun oh yeah you just you well the thing about it is this radical self-expression right without like you know offending people and being like a racist asshole which is perfect for this episode because this episode is with two people that have an incredible i mean their platform on multiple levels not only royal fetish films but what both of them are doing as individuals for this industry not only are the industry of pleasure however the industry uh for sex workers Mm -hmm. for cam performers sex toys. or sex toys is awesome yeah. so it was a great kind of segue yeah too for well the, sex, to this the way. sex question i think also kind of leads into it as well maybe a, a smidge yeah so anyways that's why i'm a little scratchy and i wish april was there with me but maybe she'll come with me next year uh wedding you're coming with me next year. I didn't year. get married. I went to a wedding. April, you got married? I didn't get married. You bitch. You didn't, I thought I'd be your best woman. Yeah. Your best human. My best human. What, what, if I was, would, you, would I be your human of honor? You'd be a second after legend. Fuck. No, legend's the ring bearer. <laughs> he would be terrible at You would that. lose that shit Unless instantly. it was attached to a ball. So, <laughs> oh so what God. is this? Ex- I actually haven't read right. this next question. So, okay, yes. This episode is going to be awesome with Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. They have their own podcast. Uh, April will tell you more in the bio. Wonderful people. We also have YouTube videos um, now, as you've heard. So that there's a video of them on YouTube. See Amy sweaty. Rolling we're, uh, in after burning I mean, You were both fucking sweaty. Well, but I rolled in literally like getting... Abnormally um, hot. Yeah. 
right? It's so hot in Santa Cruz where we it, live. 80 degrees is really hot for us. And our studio <laughs> has zero ventilation because if we leave the doors open, then the you sound the is different. next door. Like, right. Ah, ah, ah. So we have to keep everything closed. So it was very hot. It's open hot. right now, so I don't know how this sounds. It'll be okay. okay. There were workers in the house in the front, so okay. like making banging noise earlier. So now it's okay. It's Not safe. sex banging. Not sex banging. No. Jackhammering. Yeah. yeah jack Not ham- sex. <laughs> jackhammering. <laughs> Which is what this sex question is about. Exactly. Jack oh, good. Perfect. Did you not know that? No. Oh, my, this is awesome. Okay, perfect. See, here we go. So, sex question from an anonymous human, uh, who I'm assuming is a Volvo owner. The guy I'm casually seeing is all about jackrabbit sex or jackhammering me. Well, I find bursts of this enjoyable. After a while, it's too much. He is very well endowed, which is awesome. But he also prefers a lot of entry from behind, which can feel too intense at times. I have told him that I need more warm-up and a variety for my arousal. And while he listens, he ends up sliding back into jackhammering every time. How can I better vocalize to him that I'm not enjoying the jackhammering? I don't want to make him self-conscious, but this is making me think we're just not sexually compatible. Please help. So this is casual sex we're talking about here. Uh, So this isn't like you're in love with the person. So it doesn't sound like you've fallen super hard, but you're interested in them. You're having a good, there's some portions, aspects, moments that feel really good. You vocalize in some way which we don't know how you vocalize it but that you need more foreplay warm-up and variety for your arousal and that yet they still are like flip over and let me jackhammer you from behind so why i think this is great for uh, a question a sex question you utilize for this episode is because jet setting jasmine and king noir are very much about reframing and changing what we've been taught for on how to have sex especially what bodies should do what bodies should look especially like racialized bodies all these things which is not exactly part of this question but this question is about typical traditional sex that you see in porn mainstream porn is jackhammering and what i what i loved what jet said in jasmine and king noir said about the porn that they create is they show you the before and after the conversations that happen before the porn scene and the after scene like and that might include the prep whereas most porn just shows you but they don't even show you the lube that was added, the warm-up that probably the happened. The plug that was in place if you the are having anal. An- yeah. anal no, they just shove it right in. It just seems to go right in magically without any yeah. lube. And so just towards your, you know, saying this to your partner that is jackhammering you, I would say, you know, they're, I don't want to use a victim, but a, you know, a, a human that has been taught, unfortunately, likely by porn on how to have sex do we know if this is a vulva owner is it or is it another okay yeah uh because if this is a I'm penis like 90% owner sure and... I'm 90% sure we're okay. talking about Okay. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, with, with... A jackhammering an ass is, oh my God, that's even more gnarly. Completely. Like, yeah. And this this whole conversation, though, really needs to be... It needs to be with the person that's doing the jackhammering. Because the person that's on the receiving end, it's hard to communicate with someone if this is how... If he's feeling this is how he constantly gets off and he wants to enter from behind and it's too much. I think that they're going to have to figure out a way to communicate that if the Volvo owners well, not communicate. So the it. Volvo owners is, has, has already said something about it while well, he, he listens, he ends up sliding back, but he just goes back to the ye old jackhammer, like, and especially so like the, here. So doggy style. I love, love that term. It makes, actually I don't, but it just makes me laugh. The behind, um, the behind it from behind. So in that position to me, that's like, or like when we just did this episode that came out this week with uh, Alicia and Erwan about penetration, 
Like there's a time and a place for fuck being really hard. There's a time and a place for a deep penetration position that is doggy style. Like especially if you're dealing with a cock or a dildo going into a, a vulva or vagina. You know that's it's like especially going, if your cervix is dropping. Yeah, and that can hurt. But part of arousal is the vaginal canal widens and lengthens and makes more room. The cervix goes up, and so you need a lot of arousal before you can actually have this this kind of movement generally speaking unless someone's you know into the pain part of it so you're at you said you asked for more foreplay my question is you said i'd like more warm up foreplay how much have you really emphasized this deeply like not just like hey i'd like more foreplay but like hey I have something really important to talk to you about. It's almost like they need more foreplay, not want it. They need it. It's a, a demand. Yes. It's, it's basically like a, a request. It's like a requirement. Yeah. Like I will tell you when I'm ready for you to fuck the shit out of me. Also knows Jack hammering me. But until then, do not because I know my body and I'll let you know. Like, I mean, that's how it is for me. When I want to be, when I know my body lets me know I want to be fucked really hard right now. But Which, if someone fucks me really hard when my body's not there, it hurts. It also can be a huge turn on if there's a ton of foreplay and the blood flow is so, the, so engorged on both ends where you are so turned on and the jackhammer is really turned on and you I'm not saying you you have to orgasm, but where all the sensation when there is jackhammering or, or the quickness or pounding feels really good. But you have to be ready. You and have to be ready. So we're talking about a vol- play should be almost 80 percent a lot of times. Oh, of my things. God. Yeah. It's, it's so like we should spend. So, and then also talking about the receiving orifice. So the, the vulvas in general take four times as long to get approximately blood flow and arousal than a penis. So if we're talking about, you know, uh, penis and vagina sex, just because the cock is ready ready to go does not mean the pussy's ready to go if we were talking anal that's a whole different story sometimes that shit takes that shit sorry there's another anal pun that's tough sometimes it takes a half an hour for the ass to relax and open up but i think that this is specifically geared towards jackhammering in a doggy style position with a pussy and a cock and moving too quickly without a lot of warm-up and so my advice would be like not only advocate for this as being important but also a necessity like and also like I will tell you when you don't just get to do this because I need to know when my body's ready and then I'll tell you when and then we can go and do the thing because then it can actually be really fun I would also suggest because this the person asking the question said how can I better vocalize to him that I'm not enjoying jackhammering I don't want to make him self-conscious one thing like Amy said you have to advocate for yourself you want to have I mean your agency like your sexual agency you can also introduce sex toys because sometimes adding a little bit of external Mm, vibration can help warm you up faster than having because sometimes people in in situations when there's different bodies they're turned on and they want to go straight to the penetration or the the thing that they think is going to take them on the ride of of the end result when it is about the journey they asked a very important question that we I think we should address. Is it like, are they sexually compatible? And so if you this might is something be. keeps coming, they it, might not be and they might be. Yeah, there's right? a possibility that, that you're not. But is this also, dude going to listen? It also, yeah. I mean, it, so if they're they're listening, but in, you really advocate for it and they still do the thing, maybe not sexually compatible. Maybe this person needs a lot more sex education. And you don't have to fucking waste your time with that. Also, you don't want to make him self-conscious That's by voicing good. your truth. No. 
Like, and that's I, I don't I'm assuming this is a Volvo owning person who is female identified and I feel like so many Volvo owners and female identified folks are taking on this this whole thing of like I don't want and 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 penis owners so like let's all just stop taking on making let's someone self-conscious advocate for ourselves. By, like I don't want to ruin your day by speaking my truth because th- that this hurts you can't make someone self-conscious they'll be self-conscious that's on theirs their, with their own feelings yeah you can address this in a in a way that's diplomatic and so, loving and loving exactly so you're not like you're doing this to me you're doing I, it wrong i fucking hate you when you yeah. jackhammer me you can say hey i love having making love or fucking whatever words you want to use or making sexy time yeah. and the jackhammering is a lot for me sometimes can we do more warm-up and foreplay so i get ready for the jackhammering can we i'm gonna reframe it sex t- i'm gonna reframe it toys? i'm gonna reframe it and give it can we i'm gonna go i need well, I need this. Person this. Does need, yeah, yes. I I need this, and I need you to wait for me to tell you when I'm ready for that. If you or, don't do or, it, I'm gonna or, fucking or if you're going you. to start to do it, ask me first because I know my body, and my body needs this time for it. And I just I'll I'll end on this. What what you said about sex toys. I love what you said about that. And I also don't want them to be abandoned. Like, let me get myself off so my man can jackhammer me. And they do like sometimes I sometimes when my partner's coming over and I know we only have 10 minutes to have sex I will have my like three orgasms with my good old air pulse technology vibrator by liberator or womanizer and having wait did I say that right not liberator sorry the wrong company satisfier we got all that all these errors satisfier or womanizer and then by this I've already had these orgasms so turned on my partner gets there and and I'm like I need you to fuck me now but I'm saying that I'm deciding that and so there's a power behind that and I just want to say if anyone wants to try any of these sex toys go to purepleasureshop.com use coupon code shameless sex you get 15% off go look up what was it again not liberator we love liberator satisfier or womanizer products (laughs) they both make the air pulse I like vibration I mean liberator is awesome too and also this is the thing this is where the and this is the last piece but this is where the compatibility kind of comes in. So if that's something that is, it's not being met, if your partner's not meeting you and honoring your requests or your actual needs, then mm-hmm. that is something to take a look at. And then that's when you can reframe either your, cause it says casually seeing this person. So if that, if you're not tied up in it and they're not cooperating with your needs and desires, there may be a time where you need to move on or yeah. move move in a different direction. Choose you. Or, yeah, make him work for it. Fuck. Yeah, yeah work, work, work harder. Work. And not just him, just everyone. Everyone, yeah. work harder. Work Are you harder. ready for a bio chip? Yeah, give me that bio business. Jet Setting Jasmine is a licensed clinical psychotherapist and an international sex educator. King Noir is an accomplished writer artist, MC, global activist, and adult performer. Together, the dynamic duo work as master fetish trainers and co-owners of the multi-award-winning Royal Fetish Films, offering everything from ethical sex toys to kink safety and education with an emphasis on the decolonization of sex and porn for people of color. You can find them featured in Huffington Post, Rolling Stone, Vice, Playboy, Forbes, Cosmopolitan, BBC, Psychology Today, and online at RoyalFetishXXX.com and JetSettingJasmine.com. Hello, everyone. It is interview time. And yes, this is April starting the interview. Actually, I think maybe for the first or maybe second time of the five and 
a half years we've been doing this podcast. Amy will be joining us. She's popping in, driving frantically back from Burning Man, and um, I'm sure she'll be sweaty and full of playa dust, but that'll be great energy for this episode because we're very excited. This was a delayed episode because we tried to connect with these two brilliant minded humans a couple of times before and we kept getting uh things like random things in the way that you know now it's meant to be now we finally get to drop in we have jet setting jasmine and king noir here and they are really master fetish trainers they have the ability to talk a lot about fetishes and also when we talked about kind of what this episode would be about there was a really cool thing that King had mentioned that I think we'll drop into more when the episode gets going, but I'm really excited for you to share that with our audience. So without further ado, Jasmine and King, will you please, as we typically do on Shameless Sex, will you tell everyone about how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Happy to. Thanks for having us. So it's been a long walk. <laughs> <laughs> But um, how I have arrived at where we are today is really combining so much of my personal experience, lived experience um, in exploring my own sex and sexuality, as well as my learned experience um, as a professional uh, licensed clinical therapist. And so combining the the desire to get more into sex work and to use sex work as a space to be able to try so many awesome, cool things um, in terms of kinks and fetishes and sex in a safe container. Uh, and then also applying the things that I uh, was studying and also applying to my career in human behavior has led to where I am now, which is providing education and training to um, folks, whether it's couples, groups, up and coming sex therapists, medical professionals, other content creators, um, the general public on how to have healthy relationships with intimacy and sex. Um, it has led to my practice with working with sex workers and um, folks that have all types of, um, all really all makes and models of relationship styles in a therapeutic setting. Um, it's led to having a sex positive family um, that we get to love on and watch them explore this world shamelessly around sex, but also that we get to share with the world and normalize what it is to have a sex positive family, how to be sex workers in this very, very stigmatized um, industry and still have an incredibly beautiful and thriving, successful family, if I may say so myself. Um, so it really has been a combination as well as loving this human next to me um, and being able to explore our relationship in so many awesome, unique ways and to explore sex with this beautiful human next to me. Um, and that has really informed all of my work as a master fetish trainer. Yeah. Ooh, yes, that, that is, that that's is a good that intro. Is a yeah. <laughs> it's been a walk. <laughs> I feel like I feel like um if you start your book from one space mm -hmm. and my book from the other space, then we just culminate somewhere. And my story pretty much started uh I got started in sex work from when I was legally able to do so at 18, and I've probably held every imaginable sex work job from 
driver to performer to fetish trainer to you know holding the camera performing in front of the camera all of that but then also um for my entire life from the family that i was raised in um i was just raised to be involved in my community and and raised to be involved in in things within the world to try and make the world a better place and leave it better for my children and then i arrived in it and all of that good stuff so that i'm also a hip-hop musician and an artist so just mixing my music and being able to tour the world off of music and then bringing that experience into sexuality and you know all of those things together has has led to the place that i'm in now where i feel like i am able to unapologetically be myself uh across the board sexuality is a part of that and be able to share it with the world because i am a full-fledged exhibitionist i love a good exhibitionist <laughs> amy has arrived everyone i'm here look at that look at that clean intro entry we I, did it i i just things. i just walked in literally like a minute ago and like, drenched you actually smell pretty good i well i did shower after burning oh, that's man good. i just got back from burning man but i did actually take a shower last i already night. told everyone I was yeah like, okay amy's gonna pop in here yeah definitely i am like covered in playa you so. did miss king's photo though that was up before they were on video because it was really nice so oh damn it they, you, was was you it you can see it after okay, Shit. Okay. Well, well, and for those watching on YouTube, they can see it on YouTube. Maybe, maybe it's somebody on the recording. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> or they'll just follow you online. So, um, okay. So, where there's so much that we would like to ask you and talk to you about, but let's talk about fetish first. What is a fetish, and what does it mean to be a master fetish trainer? That sounds so interesting to me. What does this kind of work entail? Sure. Well, first and foremost, a fetish is anything that turns you on that is not directly related to procreation. We all have fetishes. We all engage in our fetishes, even when we don't know what the terminology is for it or the dictionary definition. Right. So um, being a master fetish trainer means that we help people find, discover, experience and live their fetishes in safe and orgasmic ways. Mm, I love that. I love that definition of fetish of it being it's very broad. Mm-hmm. I think I think a, a lot of people with the, identify fetish as just like something that's alternative and weird or you know or or different and yours is just it sounds like it has a, a more broad and uh, open acceptance of the diversity of sexuality. For sure. I think a lot of times people make the mistake when they when they think of like alternative to what Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you're doing doggy style and not missionary, does that somehow classify you outside of a certain box? And really, when it comes to sexuality, there are no boxes for it. You know, mm. we're, we're all um, we're all different and we all arrive at our fetishes in different ways. Like you and I might have the same fetish for exhibitionism, but we might have it from, OK, I know I like to be seen any and everywhere you might be like well i only like to be seen on my podcast you know what i'm saying so it's like everybody everybody might have these these similar um fetishes but there are so many different ways to experience them i have a question also related to fetishes then um because i've often thought of it as like a spectrum here you can hear my playa voice there april i did lose my voice a little bit she's like you better come back with a voice um a spectrum where 
because there are some folks who have a fetish is my understanding correct me because you'll know more about this than I will but some folks who their fetish is what they need to feel aroused whereas some folks I think say that feel they have a fetish but they don't have to have it to be aroused they can be aroused in other ways too what are your thoughts on that yeah I I am along the same thought um you know I think when people have those uh very particular ways of how they describe their fetish, that's perfectly fine for them. Um, for some folks, they have multiple fetishes or layered fetishes, right? And so even the folks who's uh, like, if I just like to have missionary sex and that's the way that I have my orgasm, then that might be my fetish, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people are saying, well, no, like it has to be, you know, like it has to be a, this alternative thing, this different type of kink to make it a fetish. And we like to really, as you say, open up that umbrella, normalize how sort of popular your fetish may be, such as missionary, perhaps only, right? Or how um, particular or unique that it may be to, you know, you have to have something layered, perhaps. So I also like to even move people to a certain degree away from the word fetish and just sort of talk about kink, Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? Um, what's your kink? Um, so it doesn't matter if you have an orgasm to it or not, if you, you know, are reach a particular climax or not. It's just an activity that you enjoy doing that may be um somewhat against your own grain. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. When I think about fetishes or fetishizing something, which we talked about, like people with freckles or remember or unicorns or whatever people are, are fetishizing, I always kind of interlay those things with kink and it's like almost an umbrella situation and I don't know are, are those two things related because in my midwestern conservative brain which I, I haven't lived there in forever I'm like oh I'm not kinky but I really like this is that my fetish are those two kinky. things are they like cousins are they step children are they what, what, <laughs> what are they related or could you kind of talk about that right is, is, is oh, kink oh, fetishes uncle <laughs> yeah, they are. They are related. So the way that um, that I like to look at that approach is so kink is an even larger umbrella. And under those kinks are lots of different fetishes, right? You know, um, that might be a way of sort of visualizing it. Um, but the, the other thing is that kink is so subjective. So in the Midwest, in this particular town where you were raised, maybe there are things. Don't say we like cows, okay? It was not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But since you brought it, no. Um, <laughs> she has a cheese fetish. Yeah, thing. cheese. I'm going to cheese. Okay, okay. we'll go with cheese. That yes, because bestiality is not a fetish. No, 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 no. It has to be consensual, everyone. Exactly. So, you know, it may be really, really um, acceptable to have, like, sex and involve food, specifically fondue, because there's just an abundance of cheese there, right? Um, and so that might not be even kinky for you. But where um, we live here in Florida, like perhaps that is like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. That's so different. That is, um, how do people even get off to that? I feel like there are a lot of retirees having <laughs> sex parties though. <laughs> we, haven't, we, we just haven't reached that age where we've gotten invited to them yet. <laughs> so, to the re retiree swinger kinky fondue fun. sex party. Like, yeah, I want to eat fondue like, off your body. I want to mm -hmm. do that. I want it out of your belly button. I, 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 I
<laughs> don't do that off your face. Just so, but you were thinking about you coming in from Burning Man, right? And thinking like you've been defiled by, you know, like this space and all these people and sweaty and uh, haven't, you know, well, you did say you showered and you ruined my whole defilement <laughs> fantasy, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, that could really be a thing. But for all the folks that are at Burning Man, it's just like, yeah, we were just all here. And yeah. Well, Burning Man, and I know this this podcast isn't about Burning Man, but one of the things I love about it is in the everyday world, we can't walk around naked because it's not consensual, right? Like if I walk down the street, it's not consensual because someone's, they're not saying they necessarily want to see my bits. At Burning Man, though, that's like off the table. People are just walking around naked all over the place. And it's not, that's not all that Burning Man is, plenty of people that are clothed, but a lot of people get to this free space because it's radical self-expression. And and it's an interesting thing because I was thinking about that with consent scent and 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 maybe naked isn't their fetish you know some people just identify as nudists and that's just like a lifestyle for them it might not be like you know a fetish for them but people get to walk around you know with their junk hanging out and they're not in a place where people are like put that away inappropriate now if they were just masturbating out on the playa that could be a thing although that's I, what i was going to ask though i did see some people that? fucking on the playa though i right. did i definitely did and it was not in the orgy because dome i've lived <laughs> in countries where i was followed by um, men like two different times in Italy and in Spain, not saying that this happens, but I was followed by someone that dropped their drawers and started masturbating. And I was like, this is, I was like that's 19. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, no, nah, that's not cool. If someone does to me a burning man, I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. Be like, bro, I don't care if that's your fetish. That's not my, that's not, I'm not consenting. So, yeah. you go. Once consent is out of it, it is not, it's, it's not uh, a mutual thing. Like you can have a masturbation fetish when you're alone in your own space. But once you start including other people, then that's, borderline or actually is yes. like sexual assault mm-hmm. you know? yeah not so, yeah, so once, or... once consent once consent is taken out of it it's like the same kind of thing like it might be your fetish to put someone on a leash and walk them around perfectly fine within your own space or or in a dungeon where people are consensual consensual to that type of behavior but if you just walk somebody down the street like that then you're no longer in a space where people are consenting to. Mm-hmm. And I think something really is important, and this is huge about the work that we do, is that people do have unhealthy fetishes, right? Mm-hmm. People do have unhealthy sexual <laughs> behaviors. Um, and one of the things that we do is help people, as King said, live these, uh, live their fantasies and fetishes out in a safe and healthy way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes our work may intersect and we have to go, Oh, you know, that actually, while that may be something that brings you excitement and that brings you sexual pleasure, that's not consensual. That is not, um, it's not healthy. It is uh, illegal. And we need to refer you or, you know, pause and we need to consider, consider addressing this in a totally different way. Yeah. Um, so that I think is important. And also for us that we are a part of the kink lifestyle, the BDSM lifestyle, the all the lifestyles and all the styles. <laughs> yeah, all the styles. It's really except important. for the retiree party. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. That is a goal. Yeah. Um, but of all of these lifestyles, it is really important for us to show that there is a difference between how we respect each other in that lifestyle. So as you're saying, this large, very free environment, you can still be violated in that environment because now we're crossing what works for one person in that space versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in our 
places and spaces that we bring people, retreats that we have, um, workshops that we host, we really talk about how important it is to respect the lifestyle, the people that are in the lifestyle, and how to guide and usher folks that really want to be free in those spaces, but have to learn what boundaries are around fetishes and kinks. Which you have, so Royal Fetish Films is a multi-award winning, three-time award winning plus. Oh, 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 oh. Um, So you have to tell us more about this. Uh, and mm-hmm. and King has the shirt on, which uh-huh. is a really dope, I, it's the crest. It's the crest that's really good. It's like two crowns if and you, then- If you want to send us some of those shirts. Yeah, those on. shirts are <laughs> badass. So Bad please answer. tell us all more about Royal Fetish Films and what that kind of entails and, and all the things that kind of circumvent this this- beautiful uh mission so the the the, we started well wait even before we start we have to correct her bio she said three time award oh shit oh (laughs) that's what i said multi i I wrote it i wrote it i was wrong lo siento (laughs) no we we just won two more um fat con what was that like three weeks ago? Yeah, right, but right, right after we spoke with, uh, before we were supposed to speak with you. I got to, I'm a humble Mm -hmm. flex real quick. I got, I won, uh, best male cam fetish performer and best male fetish performer for yeah. a year. I can see why, awesome. P.S., because yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind watching you do some things on film. Okay, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I want to watch both of okay, you. Okay, both of yeah. you, Jasmine. <laughs> yes, I just have to say it. So I hope that's consensual. I'm just saying. It yeah. is. It is. I'm an yes. exhibitionist. I told y'all. So come come on my next uh, OnlyFans Live or something. Come have some fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. But um, yeah, so we, we started Royal Fetish Films, uh, what is it, like 10 years ago mm-hmm. now? Uh, because we did not see ourselves reflected in the adult entertainment industry. Um, jazz, I had already been in in some some shoots and some scenes and done like live shows and all kinds of stuff. And I had stepped away from the industry for a little bit. And Jasmine was a consumer mm-hmm. at the time. And we were we started working together and doing parties, uh, bachelorette parties and and birthdays, divorce parties, run down the list. And People at our show, at our parties would also say, I do not see myself reflected, you know, um, and this goes to what we were talking about earlier. A lot of films and and the porn industry in general fetishized black people as a fetish, mm-hmm. not as human beings engaging in a fetish. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make and create uh, films that reflected the full gamut of black sexuality and passion and mm-hmm. kink and fetishes and all of these things and to show that it can be done in a beautiful way and that we can engage and enjoy and partake in fetishes because a lot of times people would get into this like oh that's some white people shit or if we were trying to go to certain clubs or be in certain places white people would not want to have us involved or allowed into those types of spaces not really thinking that people have probably been liking to get their ass spanked for thousands and thousands and thousands of years all yep. across the entire planet. It's regardless. not brand new. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's, yeah. and it's also, and it's also not uh, racially specific. specific. Right. Mm-hmm. But if, if you watched porn in America, you would think that Asian people only worked as masseuses, <laughs> Spanish people only as maids and black folk men specifically only were allowed to fuck people in prison. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and black women are hardly ever shown in any films back Mm. back in the day. So it's like, we wanted to change that. And that's how we got started. Yeah. So I, I'm going to lean on you for this a little bit. When 
I like to think, um, no, I know that Royal mm-hmm. Fetish Films has changed the culture of the adult industry right. with respect to how we um, have placed our culture in the in the film industry. And now this is the part where I need your help. In order for, mm-hmm. for something to have culture, it has to be represented in what ways? Yeah. So music. music. So the music in our films, check it out. Mm-hmm. What else? The clothing. Language, clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A written, the, a written, a written, written form. Language, written form as mm. well. So, and the Navy. And the Navy. We're working on that. Yeah, and the Navy. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> gotta go. They got the Navy. No. And the Navy. <laughs> yeah. So when you think about, um, when you actually experience our films, what you're going to see um, from the, the changing of the culture is the conversations that we have are not scripted to the typical porn scripts. That was something that I was having a really hard time as a consumer is that I could not connect with um, the people that looked like me, but were they they would have them sound. And I met some of these people and they are really intelligent, interesting people, but they were always casted in a particular way that I was just like, I wouldn't want to fuck that person, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but and then you meet them and you're like, well, why would they dumb you down in that way? But it's to fit that that box. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hear music, whether it's King Noir's original music or music that makes us feel sexy and is um is relevant to the time like people can actually say what a porn song sounds like that means that it's been used and overused and you know so much the bounce chicken wow wow come on yeah (laughs) so um you know we use original artists original producers in our music the written language the descriptions don't say you know bbc fucks a milf it's like a Mm -hmm. whole storyline and uh, erotica in it the attire you will see everything from waist beads to head wraps to sneakers Mm -hmm. um things that are very you know um, commonplace and that we're really proud of in our culture and we brought that into our film along with our kinks so um that is why and, oh and and on top of all that we don't fetishize other human beings mm-hmm. of other races as or well, gender expression or gender expression or anything like that so if we are you know if we're doing a scene with someone who um let's just say a trans performer um that's not the focus the focus is what are the kinks of the two performers that are performing and how mm. can we bring that expression to light mm. um so that's why we're a multi-award winning film company you need way more than five fucking awards y'all yep. because Real that is dope thank you thank you thank you thank you i just i have to just say we gotta that. talk to exviz about Dude. this Dude. Yeah, have that's amazing that thank one. You. yeah i don't know if it yeah well are you ready for the Unleashed Tour, where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. 
engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. What's up, Shameless Sex Fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's my happily ever after, Amy? Yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you want, want it, hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> awesome. So I arrived a little late, everyone, and I have heard your bio, and I think you were probably sharing more about this. And so your work, you're very passionate about decolonizing sex for black and brown people um, is, is something that you stated that you're in. And one question I want to ask about that is, because we're talking about fetishes, how can someone, maybe safe isn't the right word, safely or respectfully, like, so say, say someone really does have a fetish for watching uh, a, a black man with a big cock fuck a, a tiny Asian woman. That is that really gets them off. That's their how do how do they respectfully consume um, porn or um, or utilize that fetish? Like if that's really a thing, uh, just a thing for them. Because I know there still is these stereotypes, but I guess maybe would would what you're offering be a place for them to be able to still kind of like explore that in a safe place where they're not shamed for having this thing, but they're also not like putting people in these categories in, in the, the way most, most porn does. So I don't know if that question makes sense, but no, it, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And I think, especially because we're on specifically like shameless sex podcast, right? It's so important for us when people are trying to explore how they came to their fetishes, um, whether appropriate or inappropriate, healthy or unhealthy, how do we help them work through that with as little shame as possible, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think when you're explaining that scenario, a lot of people have preferences for, you know, perhaps they identify with one of the, um, one of the people or, um, you know, one of the people in that film, or maybe that was the first film that they ever watched or the first genre that they ever watched. And it's comforting to go back to like what you know works, right? Or you dated somebody who these people remind you of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or you want to, 
date one of you know what I mean it's something that or even like you want to sort of embody what it may feel like to um have that body type perhaps right um there's so many reasons that bring us to that point I think it's really important for us for our the listeners that are here to really understand how how you are approaching that porn, right? What brings you to it? Is it these spaces of respect? Is it these things that you can really feel proud of, at least calling in here? Let's just say if you could call into this show where we're all so open about sex and sexuality, could you feel comfortable with your um, sharing your preference for watching that style of porn? Or is there is there a layer of shame because it is a bit racist? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something about it that you like about maybe seeing um, that person be powerless? Or is it something that mirrors what you see in day-to-day life where these stereotypes about Black men all having big cocks and mm-hmm. Asian women being submissive? Do those stereotypes carry into your pleasure? You know, And do those stereotypes then frame how you engage with black men and Asian women outside in the world. You know, like if you meet an Asian woman that's not petite, are you then questioning her Asian-ness? (laughs) If you meet a black man and you don't know what his dick size is, are you trying to find out for absolutely no reason? You know what I'm saying? Or are you referencing like, you must have a big dick because you're a black guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, are are you able to now separate this porn that I watched from the people that you meet in every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's where it does become a little problematic at times because, you know, especially when we're talking about um, porn that's not royal fetish porn, where, mm-hmm. you know, it might be set up like you never see this man's face, right? Like now all you think about is you know, black men are only our dicks, Mm -hmm. right? Or if you see this Asian woman and she has absolutely no autonomy or say for what happens in that scene within the framework of the scene, like she has no, she doesn't speak, she doesn't anything like that. So then, you know, now when you have uh, a society that already kind of says like, black men don't care about women or, Asian women, as as Jasmine said, are are subservient to to men, you know, so then it kind of keeps you stuck in this particular uh, stereotype. So how are how are you then when you are outside of watching your porn? So we really want people that are um, are willing to challenge what they watch, how they consume it and how it has an impact on on them. We really want to challenge like these kind of questions that you should have with yourself. Right. There have been times when I've had to sort of look at um, what I was watching and hmm, am I fetishizing this group of people? What are my, you know, and start to get curious about what else do I know about these uh, this group of people, this community of sex workers, perhaps what um do I know anyone in in that community? Uh, what you know? What about this content is arousing to me? And just really sort of check myself so that way I can feel good 
and you know, we always talk about like ethical porn, ethical porn, but I think that, that some of that ethics falls on the consumer as well. How are you consuming this work? Uh, and then for us, just from the, the other end, from behind the camera, we feel that it's really important that not only do we put the films out there, but that we also normalize and humanize, thank you, humanize the performers. So we do the before interview and the after interview when they're out of character. Oh, you show that. You I actually, love that. Oh, I love, I think that's and so important. Yeah. It is important because then people can also connect to this person outside of just that sexual act, right? And so not everyone can go out, depending on where you live, in the cheese factory or whatever, and just like meet the most diverse group of people ever. It's not, you know, um, or sometimes when you're like connecting with the internet, unfortunately, it does take you down a fetish sort of uh, yeah. space. But if you can connect with that human in in a, just for a couple of a couple of moments before or after you engage with them sexually, then we're sort of hopefully helping to broaden that um, perspective where we're not fetishizing people, but we are enjoying our sexual preference. Yeah. And one one last thing I would like to say about that, where decolonizing comes into it, is also the root of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure we can all agree there are big dicks of all shapes, sizes, and colors across the spectrum of humanity. Mm -hmm. But Black men are specifically fetishized for their penises because of slavery in America. And the purpose of why we were here, which was to create more humans to make America more money. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, Black men are completely framed around the size of their penis for, for that reason, and then also White men raped so many black men, black women and black children during the time of slavery that they began to fear the same thing happening to them and their families. Mm -hmm. So in order to make the the uh, fear even greater and the hatred even greater was to completely fetishize and dehumanize. So bestiality, making a human a beast. Mm -hmm. So for all these other things, you know, really, uh, if people want to read just up on it, you know, the the book Mandingo and the story of Mandingo was all about a slave owner who raped all these people on his plantation and then was afraid that a slave named Mandingo was going to sleep with his wife. Mm -hmm. So he created all of these ideas of what would make Mandingo make his wife no longer love him and leave him. But he feels that Mandingo is inferior to him. So how do you make someone inferior? You take away their brain and make their body the only thing that matters. Oh, they're stronger. They're big dicks. They're this, they're this, they're this. So I, I think a lot of times when it comes to the decolonization of everything, it's like in porn for what people look for, people might like dicks of a certain size, regardless of the color, or or maybe they do like certain certain hues on, on performers or whatever. But I do think that when it comes down to like how you humanize this person in your own mind, mm -hmm. right? Like if you think this person is only good for this because of their color, then you know you're definitely fetishizing that person instead of enjoying a fetish. Yeah. Well, you obviously, you have to know you're making positive change isn't a big enough word for what you're doing, not only for the adult industry, but I think for humanity in general, because we could all, even outside of the, the world of sexuality, we could all... We, I know, and I'll speak for myself, but I know even my most like conscious and, and woke friends, sometimes we generalize, we do that. That's our brains like categorizing things. And I think, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in Wisconsin. It's like not all fucking 
Wisconsin people are cheeseheads. I'm lactose intolerant. It was a joke. You know, it's like, dude. So it's like, we, or I, I, you know, I'm always like, I love all things French. I'm like, wait, no, not really. Like there's right. So I, but it's like, we kind of categorize these things. And I think, but in, in the world of sexuality is it's so much deeper because these are things that we sometimes are unconscious of. We don't know even where they come from. Is it from a dream or is it from something that you really want? And I just, I really value what y'all are doing. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. UberLube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, UberLube. UberLube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. I want to talk a little bit more because we have talked about that and you can, you can go deeper into that, but Oh, the sex toys. I love talking about sex toys. You have your own sex toy line. So I'd also like to talk about that if you want to. For sure. I love talking about sex toys all day, though. You yeah. can do it all day. Okay, <laughs> awesome. So we, I feel like we need your address because we got sure. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we we'll got send some to you. Royal yeah. Fetish Box. Awesome. So please, oh, that sounds great. So um, I'll, I'll let you start with, because King's Toy was the first um, toy on our line, and then we've just been bonkers since then, but I'll let you start. <laughs> so honestly, it started uh, from, I don't know, like a long time ago, I had an ex that was like, I wish I could just have a sex toy of your dick, because we didn't live anywhere near each other. Or exact replica. And then I was like, Ooh. <laughs> 
that's fucking awesome. I could fuck people from wherever, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it, and it, and so it, much more affordable that way yeah, <laughs> and safer. <laughs> and, and also, um, whereas I am a whole human, I do like to be objectified. It is a turn on for me. It goes along with my exhibitionism and all of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, wow, I would really be interested in that. And I had a company reach out to me, but they were, it was kind of like all the people that they had within this company, like all the dicks looked the same. I was just like, I know that these people, like I've, I've been on set with some of these people before, like their dicks are not the same, but why do their dicks look the same in this, in this, uh, for this toy? So I was like, I, and, and then also I wanted to find something that was, was safe, uh, for, for the environment, safe for people's bodies. So I looked up a whole lot of companies and reached out to a bunch of companies and finally, um, got into talks with lust arts and lust arts is just completely awesome as a company because all of the things that I imagined and all of the things that Jasmine has imagined with her toy line as well has they've they've made come to life. So as as Jads mentioned earlier, you know, we like kicks and and sneakers and stuff like that. And I am a sneakerhead. So being able to have my dildo in all kinds of colors that I would never dye my actual penis is <laughs> amazing. Cause I'm like, yo, those drawers match my Kobe nines. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can have a pair of J's that match my dildo. Let's get it. You're like me. I have like 200 pairs of shoes. I'm not even exaggerating. And they're all in boxes, shoe boxes. I'm obsessed. Sneakerhead, all the shoe heads. Now we just need to make some matching pussies. She makes fun of me. I'm like, she's like, you got a lot of shoes, girl. I'm like, a lot of shoes. <laughs> so he, the conversations with him and Les Arts, which is a, um, a woman-owned company, sex work friendly company, who's willing to work with people who actually have sex, sex workers to create mm -hmm. sex toys, um, yeah. which is huge. It, they, He's like, look at these shoes. And they work together to create matching, you know, shoes that go with scenes. And so his, his um, fans, they're like, Oh, like, I love that scene. I love those sneakers. And he's able to be like, and here's the dick to go with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I loved about the first mold that he did was in, it was actually in his likeness. And so like the veins were there, the gradation, which when we, when we, the veins are on the, on the shoe ones too, though. Well, I know they're she there. The veins. She I didn't see these the shoe veins, ones that she you're talking about. <laughs> the, the coloration. Yeah. Was so, and I think the gradation, like the color gradation is so important because a lot of times when you go and you look uh like you, don't, maybe you don't want like a pink, uh, a pink dick or um something that looks silly. Like you want something that looks human and we we have gradation in our genitalia and so it's really it's it's real life like yeah. um so we expanded the line because i am a femdom i enjoy dominating i enjoy pegging and all the many things and not everyone can take king's dildo <laughs> so i wanted to expand our line to include the queen's command which is mm. three different sizes um and different densities because um although king's is made in his likeness um, we wanted to make something for people to train up to that size if they're interested or to stay where they're comfortable. I uh, also wanted to create a line for other sex workers that enjoy domination. And so like the sustainability mindset here was if you buy this set, like you're good to go with all your clients and all your, your fans. You have the tiny ones for if you do small dick humiliation to the um, 
to the Duchess, which is, you know, for somebody who is definitely more um, well-trained and willing to take on a challenge. Mm -hmm. So we have that. We have the edging bands, which were known as cock rings, um, but we call them edging bands because one, we don't even use the word cock like that. Um, and two, not everyone refers to their genitalia in that way. So it's just an edging band. And also could be used for all kinds of other things too. Yeah, bondage. Use it for tying people up. Yeah, soft, bond soft bondage. <laughs> and we decided to put little messages on there, commands on there, and also included it in Braille because we think it's important for everyone to be able to explore kink. Awesome. So um, also, you know, when you think about it from a sensory standpoint, I think the sexiest language is Braille because it uses touch. So mm. we definitely incorporate that. Um, we have a line of impact play tools yes, as well. Yes, we just dropped a brand new yeah. line of impact tools. And some of them are leather and some of them are rubber. So some of them are metal. Yeah, so we went from like vegan to uh, leather. Yeah, yeah, all the things going on over there. Um, just, I think it's I'm, important for sorry for your audience, you know, for your audience to know that um, sex work is broad, mm -hmm. um, and that we are people who actually use the tools. We live the lifestyle. Um, we train people on how to use them. And so, why would you want to give your money to like you know just a, a company that just saw a hole in the marketplace. Right. <laughs> we, yeah, we, so we we go to sex toy trade shows a couple times a year. And so we see, um, and not going to shout out any of the names of, of some of the companies, but see a lot of companies that just mass produce a whole bunch of stuff that you can tell, number one, they did not really, a lot of, especially a lot of things that are designed for vulvas. I'm like, like dude, a dude totally a, designed this. A vulva no owner, yeah, a vulva <laughs> owner did not design that. And there is a lot of objectification that you see, like big pieces of flesh um, mm -hmm. or like, uh, you know, big like the big ass porn stars that, plastered yes. over and they're with perfectly symmetrical pussies no, then like, no. it's realistic it's also not helping people to see the diversity of, of sexuality um so i really appreciate that y'all are doing what you're doing and it's so cool to hear new companies new innovative companies and new people you know people doing what you're doing and you're doing so many things so i want to ask you this so this our listeners love tips so it's kind of like a little switch off here but if you could give our listeners three top tips for what they can do to create a more sex positive world or maybe a sexier world but in a sex positive way either within their own relationships with their body or partnerships or with the world the outside world what would those tips be wow <laughs> you're like i have like 20 of them uh, i know right yeah. um well the first one that i have is to explore you know, as much as you're comfortable and you can. So um, one of the, the lines that we focus on is pushing pushing boundaries and, you know, pushing our own boundaries and, and helping people push their own boundaries. I think when we um, sort of think of how, what our sex, sort of like the longevity of our sex life it can be, you know, what do you want to fill it with? What do you want to experience? And even if it's something that you try once and you give yourself permission to try it and not like it or to try it and love it um, and to, or to try it and keep trying it, I, I, I think that's so important to give people permission to give themselves permission to try new things. And those new things don't have to come from a list. They can come from you know, your, your imagination, um, they can come from our porn, you know, you'd be in royal fetish porn. I was going to say, watch yeah. royal fetish. Yeah. yeah. Got the degrees um, and sex bird advice. Yeah. You know, the motto the same way twice. That's your tip. No, I, was <laughs> I, up, I was just building on what you were saying. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> my my second tip, and then I'm, uh, if you have two or more, well, are we supposed to give three each or three? Between? You can do whatever, whatever you want. want. Okay, I have one yeah. more. Okay, <laughs> okay, that one is use sex workers. Use sex work all the time. Oh, yeah, we're here. Hire sex workers, um, whether to do like virtual cam shows to explore things. Like we are not judging you. We are happy to do it. We like this is what we do. Um, you want to talk about something kinky? You want to um, have an experience that maybe you can rally up your girlfriends or your partners to do with you. Like this is the job that sex workers have signed up for and can help you do it safely. Mm, I totally agree. And and I would just add, I know you have something to say to share too, but pay mm-hmm. like paying sex workers, right? Because there's a lot of that free porn out there. Yeah. And you're, yeah. you know, it's taking people's content where they're using their bodies, their time, their energy to that's their jobs, you know. And, and a lot of a lot of them love their jobs too. And so when you go and look at free content, I mean, yes, maybe if you want to look at free content to get like, little snippets, but especially if you find people that you really like, like the music what they're industry, doing. You have to like support yeah, your artists, support your them. performers. You yeah. have yeah. to. No pirate. No. <laughs> Unless it's a pirate kink, then that's cool. Hey. <laughs> pirate fetish. I would say as long as it does not involve children, animals, or people who say no or do not have the ability to say no, whether you're involved in it or not, let the shit be. Mm-hmm. You know, if it if it's something that you're not particularly into but doesn't fall under those categories that I just told you. And it's consenting adults enjoying themselves. Leave it be. Mind your business. You don't need to shout them out at the PTA meeting or, I don't know, try to write a law to stop them from being able to love one another. Yeah, I I love that. And one thing, this last thing came to mind, April's going to ask you to so how people can work with you. But, you know, so say, because we're talking about bestiality or like uh, pedophilia. So say someone does have an attraction to or a fetish for young people, you, you know, you can play that out with sex workers, right? Like, you know, a sex worker could be like, okay, I'm going to pretend like I'm, you know, uh, like a 12 year old bad girl, whatever. Like you could, there, there are ways you, or puppy play. Like I want to have sex with a, uh, with a puppy. Don't have sex with a fucking puppy, please. Um, but your partner can wear a puppy tail and walk around and make little puppy sounds, or you can, you know, and there's sex workers that do these things too. So like, I think it goes back to what you're saying before that, that there are outlets that we can still potentially explore things. People can draw in things in Pixar ways. can make cartoons that look very realistic too, right? That are uh, not human. <laughs> so we could use, we could use the art world in the, in this, in this realm as well. Absolutely. So things like age play, whether people want to pretend to be littles or um, Mm -hmm. or like to engage in sort of daddy dom or mommy dom or that type of um, play that can definitely be done with an adult. Um, Those impulses are seeming really strong that you can't be in a role play space, whether it's with animals or people that are not of age to give consent then find help, right? Mm -hmm. There are therapists, regular therapists that can really help you work through what those impulses may be about and keep you from hurting yourself or others. Um, Mm -hmm. But for those that just are gravitating towards these kinks and feel that they are in a healthy place that can be contained in that role play, then definitely there are people who are are professionals at helping Mm -hmm. you experience that in a fun safe and really sexy way Mm -hmm. i love that i don't want 
to let you two go. I know you have uh, your parents and, and you have, uh, you, have other, you have things to do <laughs> other than talk to us, but we would love to talk to you both again because you are just phenomenal humans and what you're bringing to not only the sex world and the world of sexuality, but to the entire planet is really incredible. And I don't say that lightly and I don't take your work lightly. Really, really so much love for you. Uh, how can people not only watch Royal Fetish films, how can they find you, work with you, you and any handles that you want to share, please do because we have to say goodbye. I'm sorry. How did I get those sex cry. toys too? Oh yeah. <laughs> but you gotta send us your your Addy and we'll, yes, we'll get yeah. it. We will, but not to all the. They're not saying that to oh, all, no, all not, your not listeners. Right Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us. We're special. <laughs> uh, you can go to uh, for safe for work stuff. You can go to jetsettingjasmine.com or kingnoir.com and you can find our toys, our music, our writings and articles and all those important things and our podcast, which is Royal Fetish Radio Porn and Politics. And where we're going next. And where we're going next because we are about to be on the road in your city. But um, cool. And country. And country. Wow. Nice. Planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then for all of the um, stuff that your boss is probably already watching, but you don't want to watch on a company computer, you can go to royalfetishxxx.com, kingnoirxxx.com. You can search both of us on OnlyFans, but then on the uh, other socials. Your, jet set jasmine on all the things on all the things yes and i'm on like my 18th um instagram which is the real thing noir um I'm because you got you keep getting yeah, it. It. do they deactivate, they deactivate you? you super shadow band um yes so annoying they hate sex so they hate my dick print on instagram oh, i want to see your dick print oh yeah. you will i i will we're gonna find him we're fine uh well you can I find all their links Twitter. as well yeah. Twitter is Twitter is the one at King Noir. You can see yeah. all the print and no clothes and all that good stuff. But I'm Shadow Banner too, so good luck. <laughs> yeah. Make sure where's the yeah. It's, yeah. it's just honestly like you get shadow banned all over the place. So go to their website and then you can find a lot of the a well, lot of the things. Can't shadow ban your own website yet. yet. I have to thank you both for hanging out with us and taking the time and being so cool and amazing. And Amy, I think you should send us off because I entered. Now you exit. Ooh, we're switching it up here. All right. Well, I'm Amy. I'm sweating my balls off over here. Uh, if you're not watching us on YouTube, we have this video on YouTube. Um, we also have our own social handles at Shaman Sex Podcast. Uh, she doesn't even know anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, TikTok. Go find us on TikTok. Go find us on Instagram. Uh, and then we also have clips of this. Uh, so you'll be little little te little teasers if you don't want to watch the whole video. So you'll get to see some clips. So and you'll meet these wonderful humans here. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir for coming on our show. You are awesome. We love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. We love you. If you haven't rated us already, please, please, please go to iTunes. And you can also do this on Spotify. Now you can rate us. We love five stars. If you don't have time, it'll take you five seconds. Just put in an emoji, a smile, a heart, a squirter, maybe oh, an eggplant, an eggplant. An eggplant. If, you, if you if you like the dip, really put an eggplant. There's really fun emojis now. Yeah. There. This is yeah. It's a bar, the, oh, even the, a barf the hole, emoji. The manhole. Yeah. Have you ever seen the manhole one? That one's cool. What the fuck is the manhole? It's just a. It's just a hole. It's like I'll, I'll send it to you tomorrow. That sounds kinky. All right. <laughs> Anyways, we love you all very, very much. And as April would usually would say, she would say, uh, "See you next Tuesday." And ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, 
use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.